Welcome to Furry Explain. I'm Finn, a big black cat from the internet, and Furry Explained is my show about furries and their culture. One of the more interesting things for me about doing this show is that I really don't know all that much about you all as the listening audience. It's the blessing and the curse of producing a podcast in the traditional way. All I have to set up is a feed that multiple platforms can pick up and redistribute, and they have no real control over the actual content themselves. It keeps things flexible too. If one platform kicks the show off of it, listeners can go to another podcasting platform and have the exact same listening experience. But the flip side of that distribution pattern is that, because this show is picked up by so many places, it's hard to drill down on the demographics of who actually listens to this show. That's not to say that it's impossible, but every podcasting platform reveals different metrics about listeners to a given show, and that aggregation work is something that I still haven't found necessary since knowing that info won't really change the content delivered on this show itself. But I do know that there are a fair amount of younger listeners to this show, and when I say younger, I really mean mid to late teens, a demographic which, as we've explored before, is actually the largest and the fastest growing section of the furry fandom itself. And they also happen to be the most willing to ask follow-up questions after we do episodes on this show, which leads me to one of the questions that I still get quite frequently. How do I tell my parents that I'm a furry? As frivolous as that may sound, this is a common question for younger furries for a reason. Being a furry isn't the most normal thing to get into, and combined with the fact that it's dominated by online anonymous communication amongst its members, and that it's not really tied to one central franchise or IP that someone can look up and easily understand, actually explaining the hobbiness of being a furry isn't a one-and-done affair, much less so if it's your parents you're trying to explain this whole ordeal to. So that's what we're going to explain today. In this episode, we're going to explore some ways that you could tell your parents or guardians or any other caretakers about your furry fandom affiliation. We'll go over what to reveal to them, and maybe what not to reveal to them, about this community and essentially do our best to put you in the most positive position possible when talking to your folks about this admittedly weird hobby. And I'm actually quite excited about this one, not just because I think the topic requires some deft strategy, but because it's something that I can directly relate to. My parents ended up finding out that I was a furry, and I had my own experience of explaining at least some of what being a member of the fandom is all about. But, and this is a little bit of foreshadowing here, they don't know absolutely everything, and they especially don't know that I do this show, and I think I'd like to keep it that way for many different reasons. But I digress, let's get into the topic for today's show. Welcome to Furry Explained, and we'll get started right here. Everyone has a different strategy when it comes to letting other people know about the things that they're into. 
There are some things that are not work or school related that we are proud to show off, so much so that we make it a part of who we are and is the first thing that we respond with when asked what we like to do with our free time. However, I'm sure most of us also have smaller, more private hobbies that we like to engage with as well. Whether we engage with them less or they're not something we necessarily need or or even want other people to know that we're into, having that kind of variety in our hobbies is normal and, if balanced correctly, even potentially healthy in many ways. And I'm prefacing the rest of the discussion with that duality because I think for many people, myself included, our engagement with the furry fandom as a hobby almost fits right in between the two of those poles. It may be something that we engage with a lot, enough to make an entirely new personality to interact and make new friends with. But it's not something that all of us are comfortable being upfront about. This is how it is for me. Being a furry is arguably the biggest thing that I engage with outside of my work life, but I tend to let other people find out that I'm a furry instead of that being my opening statement when people ask what I like to do for fun. And I think this is how a lot of parents of younger furs end up realizing that their child is a furry. Usually, it's by asking about something that's a byproduct of the fandom, like why someone may like to draw or have a lot of art of anthropomorphic animals. Or when coming across a thread of communication of someone whose real-life identity is shrouded by the head of an anthropomorphic animal, there's a natural level of inquisitiveness that may actually start with why they look like that instead of who that person might be. Now, this isn't always the case. Sometimes it is a little bit more direct. The most common example I know of is when a minor is interested in attending a furry convention, where being accompanied by an adult is required. But I'm confident in the notion that most parents notice something that comes from the fandom first, and wonder about the origin of where that thing came from. For me, it was kind of twofold. I'm a big fan of a lot of furry clothing brands, and I usually wear t-shirts with designs featuring anthro animals when I'm lounging around my parents' house. It was that and them wondering why I was traveling so much throughout the year that led them to ask what this hobby that I was engaging in was all about. Now, this is where things can get interesting. Remember in the intro how I alluded to my parents knowing only some things about the fandom and not every minute detail? Well, That's by design. I only let my parents know what they needed to know about this fandom to satisfy my reasonings behind traveling so much or wearing clothes with animals standing on two legs. As far as I know, my parents' limited understanding of what a furry is is constrained to people who like anthropomorphic animals enough to form an art-based community behind it. And that's it. And in fairness, that's a pretty good understanding that covers a majority of what this fandom is about. But a lot of the specifics, like the demographics of who makes up the fandom, or even how deep some of the friends I've made in this community go, they don't really know all that much about that. And honestly, I believe that is a sound strategy when explaining furries to parents. Only letting them know what they need to know and nothing more than what you're willing to share. This covers two main points here. One, you're not outright lying, which is something that I would never normally advocate for unless it's for a very specific reason, mainly regarding personal safety. But barring that, you're still answering their main question about the fandom in a way that's complete enough to give them a basic understanding of something that you engage in. 
However, you're still keeping the parts of this fandom that you may not want nor need your parents to know about to yourself, leaving it for potential discovery later on. Now, that amount of what you reveal to your parents is going to vary quite widely, so much so that it's virtually impossible to cover what to say depending on what kind of relationship you have with your parents. In my case, I actually had it pretty easy because I really didn't get heavily involved with the fandom until I was an adult and had a job. So from my parents' perspective, as long as it wasn't affecting my job, nor was I going into debt engaging with it, and that it wasn't illegal in any way, they were perfectly fine with not knowing more about the weird thing that their son happened to be into. But even that still very well may be the exception to the rule, and if your parent or guardian or caretaker is a little more inquisitive about the details of something you engage in a lot, there are still some ways to steer that conversation to answer their questions while also putting this furry fandom, and subsequently you as a member, in the best light possible. If the furry fandom is a large part of your life in any way, and especially if you're still on the younger half of the age distribution, there's a good chance that your caretakers are going to find out about your engagement in this hobby. But that doesn't mean that you have to completely shy away from letting them know about it, as that might color their possibly already colored view of a group of people interested in anthropomorphic animals. With this in mind, there are a couple of things that are important to highlight when talking about the furry fandom to those specific parties and going over how you like to engage with it yourself. And the first thing is arguably the most important thing to explain, that being a furry is a hobby. It is not an identity in the way that we would describe our gender or sexual identity, and while we may make characters or personas that act as our avatars when conversing with other furries, it is by no means permanent in any way. It is something that you can pick up and put down whenever you want, like any other hobby. Another thing that I feel has a good chance of going over well with those in charge of raising you is actually admitting how weird of a hobby it is up front. Sure, it does sort of admit that you are into something a little unconventional, but having the confidence to admit that could actually be received positively, as it may come off to them as not letting the idea of what others think is normal dictate the things that you are interested in. Now, I do admit that this is best case scenario thinking, and it will for sure depend on the relationship that you have with your parents, but it could soften the blow of explaining something so unique to someone previously unfamiliar. Along with that, if they ask for more details than just the surface level definition of what a furry is, make sure to reiterate the positives of what this fandom provides to its members. For me, that's really hammering home the idea that, at the end of the day, the fandom is a community designed for its members to meet new people and make new friends, something that's a lot easier to do when there's already an established thing that everyone is interested in. Another positive that you can use to your advantage is the fact that this is such an art-focused fandom, and if you are the creative type, you can refer to anthropomorphic animals as your preferred subject to work on your skills. Not only does the fandom provide a potentially large set of eyeballs to see the art that you make, but it can turn into a real business opportunity, and selling art to the fandom can be the focal point when explaining why you joined in the first place. 
Another tactic that you can use to help get the hobby point across is to compare it to other fandoms. Now, we've talked at length on the show about how this fandom is fundamentally different from other fandoms, and it's what makes this community so unique, but it is still a fandom, and there might be other fandoms or communities that caretakers might be more familiar with, allowing them to more easily make the connection of what those fandoms do with what the furry fandom does. This actually helped my parents out a lot when explaining to them who furries were. My sister is really into anime and goes to anime conventions and makes art for that community, so it was easy for my parents to take the fundamentals of my sister's engagement with the anime fandom and apply it to furry, and vice versa. Finally, if they are still curious or want another view on the topic that doesn't come from you, be sure to give your caretakers reputable sources about the fandom that they can look at and cross-reference with what you explain to them. Nowadays, that is a whole lot easier to do, and many places that look at furries do so in a very neutral light, but it's still worth double-checking and ensuring that the information that they are getting is accurate at the very least. I'm a firm believer that a lot of the confusion behind what being a furry is can be broken down quite easily, and with some strategy, you can really turn the initial confusion into potential encouragement to continue to engage in this wonderful fandom. Now, with all of that being said, you and I both know that saying that the fandom is just people interested in anthropomorphic animals doesn't tell the whole story, especially the whole story about the people that make up this fandom. There are two big elephants in the room that we have yet to cover, yet they are still integral to the makeup of the fandom as a whole. Because talking about furries isn't complete without mentioning how sex-positive this community is, as well as how a majority of the members of the fandom are part of the LGBTQ community as well, features of the fandom that furries as a whole are proud of, but can be a real point of contention outside of the fandom itself. These topics can present some tricky waters to navigate, to the point where they might fall under the category of the first point that we made, in that it may be something you don't bring up in the first place. Going back to my personal example, this is how it is with my parents. They have no idea how sex is viewed in this community, nor about its strong allyship with the LGBTQ community. And that is definitely done on purpose, as those topics are, let's say, viewed a certain way by them that I don't necessarily agree with, and they still know that I am a furry without knowing about that part of the fandom. But again, this information concealment might not be as easy for everyone, and if that's the case, then there are some points that are especially important to focus on. The main one being, of course, is one that we've already mentioned. Being a furry is a hobby and not an identity. And because of that, anything you do in the fandom is entirely optional. Sure, a positive view on sex is common in this fandom, and many people act on those views, but that doesn't mean that you have to, nor does anyone else who chooses not to engage with that part of the fandom has to either. This shouldn't even be an option if you are a minor, but even if you are of age, really emphasizing the lack of requirement to engage in anything sexual in this fandom can be paramount to giving your caretaker an accurate view of what this fandom is all about. 
That goes for the fandom's allyship with the LGBTQ community as well. They are not one and the same, and being a furry is not nearly the same type of self-identification as being gay or trans is. That allyship though is indeed there, and an important thing to highlight if you can, but again, you know your relationship with your caretakers the best, and it might be worth harping on the separation of the two communities as much as you can, even if you personally have no problems with either of the two topics. The fact of the matter is that the fandom offers a safe space for everyone to feel welcome in if they are welcoming of everyone else in the fandom as well. And focusing on that community aspect can help make dancing with these topics a bit easier. But all in all, the main thing to note is that in most cases, your parents are simply curious about a hobby that they may have never heard of. And if that's the case, it behooves you to give them accurate information about it, but also have it come from a place of excitement. If it is visible to them that you are hyped about this fandom, it will help them understand that this community really does mean something to you. Sure, it may be a little weird and come with a lot of things that you do that may be hard for an older generation of lay people to understand. For example, my parents still don't know how I can develop a strong relationship with someone entirely online. But in most cases, your caretakers just want what's best for you. And if you show them that this fandom is an important part of your life, it will only help them come to their own understanding of what this community is really all about. Alright, that concludes this episode of Furry Explained. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I really hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something new today. As always, if you want to continue the conversation about talking to your parents about the fandom or have any other suggestions or feedback for the show, you can find and follow me on Twitter. I'm at FinThePanther, and a link to my Twitter is down in the show notes along with some other resources about this topic that you should definitely check out. As always, if you do like the show and want to support it, the best way to do that is to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, be sure to give the show a rating and a review as well. You can also just tell people about the show, and if they don't know where to start looking for it, you can point them to pod.link slash furryexplained to find the show on their platform of choice. Oh, and I almost forgot, I have a coffee now a place that you can donate if you get value from the show as well. That's at coffeeko-fi.com slash finthepanther, and that will also be linked in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for your support, and we'll be back next time for another episode of Furry Explained, but until then, stay wild out there. Peace. Peace.